Knock, knock. Who's there? Clayton's here. <laughs> Clayton who? Clayton's ready to to lay down some wicked content with Matthew Shattuck. <laughs> Buenas noches, Clayton. How you doing? Good, Matthew. Uh, let's play that game, right? The game that we the game that we play when we when when we're in this situation. Where where in the where in the world is Matthew Shattuck? Well, I'm well, seeing a sunset over some mountains. You know where I am, so it's not really fair. I, I don't actually. You told oh. me that you were going to be somewhere else, and then you're some you're doing you're you're not where you said you were going to be. So I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know exactly where you are. You're somewhere west of Texas. Yep, because I'm in the other time zone. That's right. There's mountains around me. Then you're in. Are you in the mountain time zone, or are you in the west or in the Pacific time zone? The mountain. Are you in the land of enchantment? I was this morning. I am no longer there. Oh, okay. See, I thought you were in the land. So you are in... I am in the most beautiful state in America, as I called it today. uh, That's Colorado, I'm going to guess. Yep. Give me me a temperature. Give me, just without me getting upset, give me a temperature. (laughs) Uh, Avon, Colorado, 62 degrees. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Whatever. It was dude. it was like eighty seven at like five PM when we were driving in. But yeah. I mean whatever i'm i'm that's what i'm most angry about all right i'm sorry you're angry i got an invite and there's no way you say no to this no i mean of course not so did you wait now now we now we play the game about where in the world is clayton hayden i'm laying on my couch like oh see i was gonna go through the whole guessing of what part of your house not wake my not wake my children up (laughs) are you watching the mexico game no, why would I watch the Mexico game when I'm watching when I can watch my second favorite team? Why would I watch my least favorite team when I can watch my second favorite team? There you go. Well, I don't have ESPN Plus yet here, so can you tell me what minute and what's the score? We're in the 96th minute with five minutes of added time, so we're past the added time, and the current score is San Antonio 2, El Paso 1. After being down 1-0 at halftime, I managed to, during the, oh my God, there was a bet. Oh, but then we're going to play advantage. Oh, now there's a fight. Oh, there's a fight that's not involving Lucho. It's not involving, oh, a punch just got thrown. Oh, and of course, Batista just put somebody in a headlock. And they got a guy named Borelli who's throwing actual punches. There's actual punches being thrown. Oh. This is actually this is this is the most nasty of any 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 of our fracases this season. This is <laughs> holy gonna... moly, Clayton. Last I checked, the USA game was on, and it was one nothing El Paso. Yeah, it is obviously Wednesday night, and so I was sad, and I focused on the USA game. Holy crap, Clayton! I can't. Yeah. you made me really happy right now. So I turned on I, during the halftime of the United States game. I came over to the to the SAFC game, and they got their penalty. El Paso got their penalty kick. It was a penalty. Oh, they just called it. There was a two-one final. There was a penalty yes. very similar to the the Maloney penalty against uh, against Sacramento, where he just kind of got behind the guy and awkwardly tripped him. Yeah. You know? And uh, they were up one-zero at halftime, and then that was the last. And then I turned it back on 
in the like 75th, 77th minute, and we're up two to one. So I didn't see wow. I, I didn't see how we scored. I want to say I think they're saying Zahir maybe scored, but I didn't I didn't even see any of our goals. We go on the road, we get a two to one win. We'll we'll get back to that. Maybe we don't get back to that, but we've got we've got things to cover, Matthew. So let's let's cover things because I've got to go to work in the morning. Yeah, well, um, I'm excited about that. I have a little tiny blank space in my notes for the El Paso result. Um, we're here tonight to talk midseason review, right? Yeah, we got midseason review. We got a a game to cover. We got uh, uh, we got two games to cover. Two one two games to cover. One, one looking forward, and we're going to talk uh, midseason review. Boom! There's there, there's some content right there. I'd kind of like to do the midseason review first. Are you okay with that? That's yeah, what I had in my mind. Jump on in. You you're gonna have to be the you're gonna have to be the the MC. All right. Well, I got I I did I had some time in the car when my mom was driving today, and I did some research. So I got some digits. Um, I gotta say. I did all my things based on 17 out of 34 games, which was two games ago before this road trip. So it was, we were seven, three and seven, seven wins, three losses, seven ties, 28 points. We go on the road and get two wins. So we'll come back to it maybe in half an hour about the Memphis game, the El Paso game and what's coming up next with Sunderland. But as of the mid season, technically before this road trip, the last time we saw them in person, Sitting in third place, five points out of first. Sacramento's in first. Um, Thirty-one goals for, twenty goals against. Yeah, I think is, I think you're right. I think now's a good time to just take a deep breath, not think about the micro. Oh man, I just saw one of the goals. Woo for us! An absolute bomb by uh, by one of my starting midfielders on my team of this uh of my best 11 Rita Zuhir puts one off the bottom of the crossbar from about 25 yards out Woo! anyway well, we, we are gonna name top players and we may come back to that huh? yeah but it, so anyway I'm going so I you're right let's let's start with the macro and then we can move into the micro how about that yes so big picture at home we're undefeated at home Clayton five ties but four wins so I, sometimes we put our head down we maybe think that this year is not going so well because last year at the same point in time, we had 40 oh, wait, wait, points. Wait, wait, I'm we sorry. I'm sorry. I have place. to stop this. Guess yes. who's being escorted off the field by um, by the police? Uh, uh, that dude that everyone hates. No, the uh, that crazy assistant coach that just started with us who is our guaranteed, like, get a yellow card every uh, every game coach. I don't. I still don't know what his name is. I don't remember what his name is. He just joined our staff this season, and he was just escorted. Let- off the field let, by the police. Let me interrupt to say, I don't know who he is, but it's so weird because the whole staff wears matching black polos and he wears a black and purple like Nike workout shirt that doesn't even look like team gear. He's got he's it on re- right now. He's <laughs> filling it out. He is yoked. and He's, he's got to be their new strength and conditioning coach. The, huh? cop, the cop next to him looked like he was getting ready to get out his taser. He really did. But <laughs> and luckily, you would know. Luckily, yeah, I know that look. Trust me. <laughs> and, and that is that that did not that, that was that got that got out of hand in a hurry, as they say in uh, Anchorman. Um, <laughs> that, that really got out of hand. Okay. Anyway, so back back to 
Back to the macro. I'm sorry. I'm done with the micro now. The, the, the You're rock- good. I, I rock- wanted to know that. Um, well, so at home, undefeated. That's where we've got our losses. But let's be honest. We've only got three losses. So, like, that's what we I give w- our things. That, okay, go. That, that's what I wanted to talk about more than anything about – because you learn from your losses, right? You learn from do, – do you believe that? I, I actually do believe that. I mean, to a certain extent, but at a certain point at your 12th straight loss, you're just learning that you suck. Yeah. So, yes. I, I get it. I, but, but, like, for me in my life, I think I've learned more. That like, the, I get more takeaway from the losses than the wins. I certainly, in my gambling, in, in, my, in my gambling history, I definitely learned more about the losses than the wins. I certainly remember most of the losses. And I and and there were more takeaways from that, but that's what I that's what I started with with the season. Three losses. So our three losses. Go, first loss of the season going back to April fifteenth on the road versus Louisville, a one zero loss. Right, like nothing, nothing to be ashamed of there. Nothing to be like nothing like nothing to be you know shocked about early in the season you could almost pencil that in as a loss. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were sitting there being pessimistic, be like, I could see that being a loss. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Revenge yeah game. for sure. Next game, next loss, a little odd. And, and, and at this point in time, you to yourself, well, this is, this is odd. That one zero loss at Detroit. Yeah. And that's just one of those games where we outshot them like 30 to two. We were all over them. Yes. And they got a cheap one and, and maybe we were mesmerized by the row housing and the laundry on the line. I, I, don't, I don't know what it was. But Not th- even. We had a ton of opportunities. We didn't blow them all. We came close a lot of times. We just couldn't get our first goal to go in. Right. And then, and then loss number three, the 3-1 road loss in Sacramento where the wheels totally came off the bus and people started seeing frustration from, from people in the – from people from both on the field – and and fans, people in the chat rooms and stuff like that started asking some questions and 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 maybe there were some maybe that was the maybe that was the low point right there at, at the start of the season. Yes. Or yeah, the, I think so. Of the for the first half of the season. Cement Sacramento is the top team in the West. So like and us therefore not. Three yeah, three very different types of losses, but you know what? Like we talked about in the preseason, in the preseason preview or in the preview uh, pod, you know, target on the backs, three different types of losses, but nothing that you can sit there and go, man, that was just, just absolutely inexcusable. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, that that that's what I mean about takeaways from those losses and assessing the first half of the season through those losses. You know. Yeah, those losses didn't give me a lot to get mad about. None of them came, none of them coming back to back, all coming, you know, like all coming in different months with gaps in between, you know, you sit there and and go game by game, but that's not what this is about. You know what I'm saying? Like, Coach Coach Marcina still not lost consecutive games. How about that? Yeah, you know, overall, the – Overall, there have been more draws that have felt like losses than draws that have felt like wins. But those wins were all different. I mean, those three losses were all different, spaced out, and there was something to be taken away from all of them, I think, you know? 
And also, they were all on the road, and all of our and at home we have not lost. So you know, wheels ain't falling off any bus. Right. So with that, off. with that being said, where does that where does that put you for a midseason grade for SAFC? Oh, you remember. Thank you. It's going to sound harsh because I'm not factoring in the El Paso and the Memphis game, but a B minus, Clayton. Yeah, I I guess when I was when I sat down and was thinking about it today, I was I I went through. I didn't go through and look at stats and stuff like that. I went through and looked at the results from from every game, and I kind of went through this emotional roller coaster, you know, because I, I I remember them pretty well, to, despite my varying degrees of of sobriety. At well, each. we also spend an hour talking about them at least each week. So that's true. That's true. But we get to um, relive them all. I've got us at I've got us at a B plus. Okay. I, and and where I where I get that B plus from is. Like I said from the very beginning, people are gunning for us. People know people. We're we're not surprising anybody with our style anymore. We're not surprising anybody with the way we're playing. So, with that being said, with the fact that that you know we are the champions and we're going to get everybody's best, and we're not sneaking up on anybody with the style of play anymore anymore. Coupled with the injuries and all the roster moves. I, I'm giving I'm giving us a B plus. I I really think that only three losses spaced out over the course of the first three months of the season. That's that's B plus worthy for me. Yeah, I was and I was really close to putting a B because it is a you know all the things you mentioned. But I'll say why, Clayton. It's the all the leads we've given up is an, is one big reason why we could easily have. 10 wins and four ties, you know, a bunch more wins just because we've given up a lot of leads that we, we weren't doing that last year. Right. And there, there was the whole, you know, streak we had where once we score first, we're winning all the time, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's taken a, there's still the, there's still the not losing if we've, if we've given up, if we, or if we, if we score first, but and we're, st- we're still not losing consecutive games, which is big. What do you think the what do you think the difference is this year with the number of goals conceded versus last year? Do you have that number in front? Um well right now we've given up twenty, and I think in the whole of last season we gave up something like twenty six or twenty eight. Yeah. So and, and just off the top of the head, halfway point, we're way above last year. What what do you think that's uh what do you think that's indicative of? The turnover, man. Just I mean so many players getting injured or getting tweaked or having a, a baby or those, obviously the spouses. I don't know. You know, we can go into individual reasons. We don't want to do that. But all the turnover has just made so – I mean, we're going to do our top three players next. And I had a lot of trouble. And I don't know if this is a good transition, but I had a lot of trouble coming up with guys who play every game, who you know what you're going to get, who you, you know what to expect, and you know you're going to get like – uh, X, Y, Z out of them, you know? Yeah, that was a factor in coming up with my top three players of the first half of the season. It wasn't my overall factor because if you did yeah. it just on just on that, I don't even know if you could have three. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if yeah, it was, I know. If I struggled it was, for the first time ever. Yeah, and, so go okay, ahead. Let me, can I say my two other reasons for the B minus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say high expectations. Um, and that comes into my top three, like 
there are some really great players not in my top three, but that's because I saw what they could do last year, and they're not doing it this year. So even for me, my expectations still color the team. When I look at Jordan Farr or Mitchell Tainer, I just I know their best league quality, and I'm not seeing it game in, game out. Yeah. Sorry. Strays. Um, I think part of what goes into my B-plus rating also, I see us playing a little bit more of the soccer that we that we are that we associate with good soccer lately does that does that (laughs) that sound like a fair assessment i guess but you know at the end of last year in the playoff run that was a different level of good soccer so we ain't there sure i understand i yes i i i don't get me wrong take it with a grain of salt like we're not playing bad soccer in you know in our we're playing our way and we're doing it pretty well Right, but what? I, no, I mean like we're keeping the ball a little bit more over the last four to six weeks. We're mm. we're trying to knock it around a little bit more. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but that 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 is that means something to me. And I don't I don't know whether it means that we're evolving a little bit. Like coach sees that 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 you know maybe with our personnel that we have now, that the moves that have been made, maybe we should play a little bit more with the ball. You uh-huh. know. Um, I, I think we are evolving a little bit. And that that may be why I moved more towards the B pl- B plus range instead of down into the the B minus kind of well, area. Well, I agree with you, but last week on Friday night at Memphis, we had thirty percent possession and we won that game for nothing. That's just standard SAFC. Was was it really? Bad? <laughs> yeah. Really bad. yeah. I didn't, they I didn't... outshot us seventeen twelve, and we won four to nothing. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about that game some, but like, I mean, I we we both had had quite a few bevies, or I had had quite a few bevies, and every yeah. time every time I looked up, like Jordan Spar, Jordan Far was sprawled out, so like, yes, and, and the the score did not look like. But anyway, we'll 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 get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. What yeah. um, what do, so with your B minus, who are your who are your top three performers from a B minus type season? <laughs> Well, we're going to go one for one, and I'll go first since you asked. So, got to be, I think I told you last week, Fabian Garcia. For me, first name on the team sheet, just our most consistent. He might not be the best player in any single game we've played, but he's always one of the top players on the field. He's always, you know what you're getting. It's going to be good. It's never going to be a big error. He's had a couple times he's gotten beaten, but there were things that he's, that you understand why he got beat at that. So for me, yeah. just that's what we need more of. Did did he has he played has he started every single game of the first half? I couldn't this? tell you that, but my gut says yes. I I'm think sure so. jo- uh, intern Josh will know. I think I think so. I think so as well. I have um I have on the back line, but I I have I have the taint. I have I have Mitch I have Mitch in there, and he's your he's your number one top performer. No, not not. This isn't ranked one, two, three. This is I have three, and I wouldn't okay. say they're in any they're in any order. I I thought I thought about Garcia, I thought about Tainer, and I I could have I could you could very easily have both of them on there for me. You know my penchant for defense and the and the dark <laughs> arts, and the practitioners of the dark arts. But um, yeah, I, I have Mitch for what he's given us offensively as well. And don't give me Garcia scored probably more goals than than Mitch. Now that I think about it, but you know we're we're just 
we're at a different intensity level when Mitch is on the field, and he's been on the field most of the to- most of the time. Yeah, and, I was gonna say that's one of those where when he's not in the game, you notice it, right? Yeah, and and in order for us to play the style of game that we want to play, then then we need to be at an eleven. You know what I'm saying? We need to be mentality monsters, and or at least or at least have that ethos or that myth or however whatever you want to call it, and. And the uh, the high priest of that uh, the taint needs to be out there, you know. <laughs> the high priest of mentality monsters. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> is he the, the high, acolyte or something? The, high, like the choir director at the altar of uh, at the altar of mentality monster. Yeah, when when uh, <laughs> or is he is he assistant coach? Like when when Marcina says it, he's like he's like monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go tally ho, like or something along those lines. Yeah. So, all right, what's what do you got as number? Who's your number two? My number two, you know, it's a weird one, but it's Tanio, man. I, he's in my notes. Sorry, he's on, he's on my list also. All right, he in lieu of Sam Adinaron because for about a month there, Sam really was carrying the team, um, and Sam and Tani kind of Sam was doing a little more scoring, Tani was doing a little more supporting. But and once Sam departed back to MLS, now Tanio's back in the driver's seat, playing center forward, getting a lot of goals. Nine goals in nine games since he came to the team. Really, for me, it's one thing. It's that he's the danger man. Like when when you watch the game, he's dangerous. Five for the league lead. Yeah, I think you know, second. I mean, if you have if you have the guy that's tied for the league lead in goals scored, he's got to be one of your top three. He's got to be one of your top three players. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just when you turn on the game, you know, he's where the danger is going to come from, I think, right now. Yeah. And like, and also, like I said, he, he allows us to play a little bit different, to keep possession a little bit longer in the team's final third, to not have to defend for, uh, you know, for 78 minutes and only have the ball for 12 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he allows, yeah. he can hold it up. And guys can kind of bounce off of him, and then he can find Dylan, or he can find Abu, or he can find Zahir or Hayes. Yeah, he's Someone shown that if if you triple, if you double team him, he's gonna he's not he's not at all shy about passing and picking out a good pass. No, like he's great at like every time I see him with his arm extended, just stiff arm guy holding him off. You know, like I mean, we can talk real quick about the the Birmingham game. Was it gold number two? Where he just wrecked that, where he just wrecked that guy and just absolutely Marshawn lynched him like Bo Jackson did him and like put him into the ground, you know. I loved it, and what I didn't realize he's Nigerian, and so a little Christian Okoye action oh, right there. there. Like, the, Nigerian, the Nigerian nightmare. If, ti- if yeah. Tiny, if he hadn't already been bequeathed Tiny O by Charlie, the Nigerian would be would be spectacular. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like he's the guy that. When teams play us now, they got to account for him, right? You can't just let him play. You gotta, you gotta know where he is at all times. Yeah. Are you listening, Sunderland guys? We'll come back to this, but but, Ooh, nice. but, but yeah, that that's that's the answer to your question. Who who's 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 our danger man? Who do you guys need to be on the lookout for? Sunderland Black Cats. It's it's Tiny O. Tiny yeah. O. Okay. All right, Clayton. Who's your next guy? I've got uh, well, Tiny O was on there, so that's one of my. I've I've. I don't know whether you, I have, I have, yeah, I have Zaheer. It's, it's Zaheer 
has changed the way we play. Um, we took this 19-year-old kid that I had no idea who he is. Uh, he's in my starting 11. He's the center midfielder. He's he's he scores. He hits set pieces for us. He he plays he plays real soccer. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he goes box to box. It's not he's not a system guy. He's not a system player. He he's he's my most he's he's in there. He's the, my, one of my top three players. That's it. He is my number three as well, Clayton. Okay, so I, I'm right. I wanted you to get all of your plaudits and your defensive yeah. stance out. Thinking yeah. that I was going to tell you that no way or that's stupid. And like we both know, we didn't know the score and we didn't know that tonight, guess who scored two goals? Both yeah. of them. Yeah. Rita Zuhir had both goals tonight. Yeah. We were and talking so- about this at Alamo beer and like, for me, it was good. Like, he, we got him, like, signed him on a Tuesday, and two days later he gets subbed into the game or something crazy like that. And then and he I, started starting, and then he started the game after that. Started like, the very next game on the weekend, and I was like, man, this is not like Marcina to do this. And, like, in front of PC, in front of Abu, and yeah, now we've Bailey, seen why. Like, he showed but, us why. I mean, like, I don't, we don't even see Bailey anymore, and I know Bailey was playing wide. But like real Bailey, good player though, he played in the middle a couple times. You're right about that. Yeah, he did play in the middle a couple times, but he's become kind of an afterthought. PC's become an afterthought. Uh, Abu's kind of become an afterthought because Zuhir is kind of he's Zuhir is here. You know, like that's <laughs> oh, he I can uh, he can do it all. You know, yeah, uh, he he really is, and he he was the last one of the three that I wrote down, but. It, it goes to show kind of what you were talking about. Like, yes, it's been hard with the lack of consistency for many, from any one player to, to, to find three definite. Oh yes. These are the three guys. These are our three MVPs. These are the three most valuable players, you know? Well, I've got a, an, an alternative third guy, just in case we had some ties. Go ahead. <laughs> He's a steady presence. And I put LOL after that. And I bet you can guess who I would laugh about being called a steady presence. Oh, uh, chicken with his head cut off, Winsock. <laughs> As Kelly calls him now to Winsock, Lamar Batista. I mean, he's really got to be in our top three. Let's, like, he has to be. He started just about every game. He's got, he's got a few goals. He, he, He's surprisingly steady, given his moment-to-moment complete lack of steadiness. Oh, I mean, you you could argue that he is our MVP while also not being in the best starting eleven. You know, like yep. we we about this, and I don't think it's a reach at all to to make that to make that assessment. All right, do you have an underperformer, or do you find that too rude, Clayton? No, I I don't, and. And we talked about it in the at the beginning of the season. I just I don't think PC's body can hold up to this anymore. I just don't think I just don't think he's he's in a physical place where he can where he can keep giving us what we need from him. And yeah. and I mean we talked about that we I mean everybody knows about the extent of that injury that he got in the playoffs last year, and it was horrible luck. And um I don't, and I don't know if our listeners do know, like what he went through surgery wise and recovery wise and just pain wise. And I just don't know if his body is up for the rigors of a full season. Now, 
Now, maybe it's been nice that we have all these, all this depth and all these new guys that have come in and he can kind of lay behind the log and, and just, and take his time for the rest of the season. And then maybe come playoff time, we see a fresh PC, you know, and that would be absolutely spectacular. But mid season preview PC is the underachiever, right? I mean, he's, Mm. he's our, he's, he's our, our captain. He may be yours. I have others. Well, I mean, he, he would I mean he would have the captain's armband if he was out there every Oh no, I'm sorry, I meant underperformer. Yeah, no, that's that's a good you well it was well said. I totally agree oh. with everything you said. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I got you. I think I'd say just for a few moments that we all would love to have back, Jordan Farr and Jordan Farr was back and great against Memphis, and I hope he did it again tonight against El Paso. He did but something, just something the only cra- reason Go, he did something crazy while I was watching in the second half, or maybe it was in the first half. He he came out and like didn't go for the ball, and then the guy got the ball, and the goal was totally wide open, like in that one where he came out and tried to header it. You know, yeah. like it was almost a howler. But then he also had then he had a world class save to preserve the win for us, where this Swedish guy absolutely juked Shannon Gomez and ripped this shot that took a deflection. And Far gets just a fingertip on it to push it wide to save the win for us. So, so well, that's that's, that's a microcosm of his season, man. He's still yeah. making the he's still making all the great saves he's always made. I can't think of a single goal that you think, huh? What was Far doing on that one? But I can think of two or three where he's out of his element, out of his box, and mis miscalculates, and that's okay. Like perfection is very difficult, and he would. I'm sure be the first to admit that, admit that those plays were not his shining moments, you know? So right. I, all, I hope that our style protects him from having to come out and do that crap. Yeah, and it, but at the same time, he also saved our bacon. It's, even though it looked like a very easy win on Friday, a 4-0 win, he made two or three saves that keep it from being like 2-1 to one for Memphis, 3-2 yep. to two for Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like – Oh, yeah, I think he had like six saves. I've got him down in my top three of the game as key saves. But he, made the, he, made the, he made the team of the week on the bench, you know? Like, yeah, so, I mean, that, he might have been the difference between us and them. Like, if you put Bill Hamid in our goal and you put him in theirs, and I don't know if Tiny O scores any of his, and, I don't, and I'm sure that Bill Hamid doesn't stop all the ones that they shot on us. Speaking of which, speaking of which, we ended up with four players on the team of the week. Have, you, have we done that before? You think? You think anyone's done that before? We had Tainer, Far, Tiny O, and Jorge. And, yes. All on the first. Wow, no, I don't know. Well, That's a lot. Far, Far was on the bench, but ti- but ti- but Tiny O, Tainer, and Tiny O was player of the week, and mm-hmm. Tainer and Hernandez were both on the first team. And then Far was the the bench goalie. I don't like Monterey's keeper or some shit like that. Was the oh I don't count team of the week bench Clayton. I'm sorry, yeah. but that that's bench we, of the week. I think we've had three players before, but I don't know if we've had four total. Like yeah, um, well I didn't realize Jorge assisted both of those tiny uh, nice goals in the first half. Besides yeah, when Tiny he went played, like he threaded that pass on that terrible on the terrible giveaway, and then uh, yeah. And he laid that ball back to Tiny O for the for Tiny O's third goal. Yeah, so and, uh, and then, great and game then, from him. And then Hernandez is a he should win the the goal of the week for the jukes that he put on that guy on those two guys. Like, <laughs> that was that, that was, was awesome, sick. And like first, okay, 
can we go back a little bit, man? They got to get rid of the baseball fields, dude. Like, it well, was- they've they've broken ground on a stadium in Memphis, so yeah, twenty twenty six or yeah, I, I, we we were talking about that with Caroline at the at the uh, at Alamo Beer, and oh like, man, this- you mean you talking about the bounces when he dribbled through yeah. the field? Yes, I mean that just one where I, it looked like the one where he got around the corner and it looked like the ball hit home plate, maybe. Yeah, the one. Yes, the one where 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 Bill Amid just like like just bundled it back to him. He turns the corner and like he's rounded third base and like he hits the lip of the infield. It's like a bunt that's gonna go foul, but then rolls back fair because of the <laughs> because of the the first baseline or or third baseline. It's just just effing ridiculous, man. Anyway. Wow, man! I haven't heard you get on that soapbox in a while, Clayton. Well, and, but it's weird because like some of those baseball teams, those are the teams that have the best attendance. So it's like I don't want to shit on there, you yeah, know. Because the- you know we're we're in El Paso tonight, playing on a baseball field. Yes, and New Mexico always has like, aren't they always at the top attendance? Yeah, Isaac, they play at Ice Park. New Mexico from day one it keeps having stadium rumors, so I think they'll get a stadium sooner than later. El Paso yeah. just seems like they got that downtown baseball stadium and they don't want to do a thing. They're just loving it. That place is nice. Yeah, yeah. You know what they're probably not as nice as? I'm going to guess the Stadium of Light where our uh, – where... Whoa. Yeah, I'm transitioning. Are you ready to talk Sunderland? I am. I've been ready to talk Sunderland for a while since, since people reached out to us and since, um, you know uh, – it's it's a thing, right? Well, first of all, let's, let's see. Is it a thing or is it uh, not? Yeah, it's a thing. This Saturday night, eight o'clock, Sunderland versus SAFC, the SAFC Derby. Like I have never been so excited about a meaningless friendly in my life. Yeah. So let's talk. The, so the the only reason I'm not there is because I have a free place to stay in Colorado. That's that's the only reason. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. All my tickets are spoken for. All your tickets are spoken for. Like, oh yeah, they say it's getting near a sellout. It's people, something. People are reaching. People are reaching out. People want to see this. They want to be part of this. For for listeners that may not know what's going on, Sunderland is a team that has been around um, in England since 1879. So they've got about a 130 year head start on us as a as a club as an athletic club as a soccer team. They're from the northeast of England. They play in the English Championship, which is one level below the Premier League. They almost got promoted into the Premier League. They've spent the majority of their their lives, their 130 years, in, in the top part of England. They're just recently coming out of some pretty serious times. We have a history with Sunderland in that we did a whole podcast with some guys that, about a TV show that if you want to learn more about their club, you can watch that covers the what what year? The 2018-19 season? Two three two or three seasons. Yes. Listeners, if you have not watched Sunderland Till I Die, watch it. Where was that on our list of top soccer movies or TV shows? I, I don't remember, but I, I got to the point where I was like, um, the 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 title song at the beginning, like it would bring me to tears, man. And I would be singing it like in court, like, or in my car and stuff like that. I got like emotionally drawn into this show. And it was stuff that it was shit that I had already known that had happened. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was in the past and I already knew what was, go- what had happened. I knew what the results were 
I knew that that certain things had happened, and I still was emotionally invested in it. So like, and- oh, I mean, for the listeners who haven't seen this, like the reason is because it's not a soccer documentary. I mean, they show some soccer content, but it's all the fans. Sunderland's this piss poor, crappy city right next to Newcastle. They're like the best thing they have going for them is that they're right next to Newcastle. Whoa. And you just see these. That's you just cool. see the fa- <laughs> You just see the fans like, oh, how much it kills them to get relegated. And it's spoiler old. alert, it doesn't go well. It, it Sunderland is an old shipping uh, port where they built the ships. There's a. I may have mentioned this before. There's this phrase called Mackham and Tackham that they use in, in over in England, and it's kind of a derogatory thing. And it's like. The people in the Northeast make them, like they make the ships, and then the people in the South take them, mack, mack them and tack them, and then the people in the South take them and make all the money off of it. You know, it's yeah. shipbuilding community is no longer there and or not what it once was, and it's it's become a fairly depressed, a fairly depressed part of the country, like more so than than probably the rest. And and that show is a great like statement about the type of people that they are and their loyalty and like what their community means to them and stuff and what the football and what the soccer means to their community. It was, it, it's really a moving show. And oh, we, yeah. we had the pleasure of, of doing a whole episode with, I don't remember what their name was. Was, was, was he part it of it? Was that Elvis song? White birds sing. Why do I falling in love? I can't help falling in love with you. What's the line from that song, Clayton? Um. Well, the wise men say only fools. Uh, wise men say that's it. We interviewed one of the wise men who does a Sunderland pod, all about the show and the history and how it was living through it. And man, that was awesome. That was pandemic highlight right there. So with the, so with the the background given, um. So somebody reached out to you, Matthew, or somebody reached out to us, correct? Before before this game on Saturday, right? Yeah, they reached out to the Crocketeers and Crocketeers uh, and uh, and us and asked some questions about the team because they're going to play. And it's called A Love Supreme. They are a website dedicated to uh, Sunderland, but fan run. So not like a newspaper. It's just fans doing their thing. Kind of like the Crocketeers, right? And I think – and I. Them reaching out, you sent me the questions and the correspondence. I think them reaching out to us was really cool. I think that it sounded very genuine and like they were very inquisitive. They want to know more about about us, right? Like they they may not, you know, some of it. I've never heard San Antonio. You're very, you, Clayton, you're very excited about this. So how about I ask you the questions and you answer? Okay. Have we answered already? How is your season going? I think we I think we gave them a nice little rundown. If we're going to send them the pod, I think they'll know yes. kind of where, where we at. Yes. First 33 minutes. What does playing an English team mean to San Antonio FC? Um so if I was saying San Antonio FC, I think it's a chance to show that that we can compete with, you know, a a a team that's been around for like I said 130 years. You know, and that the brand of soccer we have over here is not that much different. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think so in that respect, I think it means a lot. Well, OK, we discussed this at Alamo Beer and I gave you my answer. So I'll reveal my answer second. But I ask, I want you to answer first. If we played Sunderland 10 times, 
in neutral ground games, like on an island in the Bahamas, 10 games, SAFC versus Sunderland, and we're not going to count ties. How many times would Sunderland win and how many times would we win? And if we tie, we just keep playing until someone won. How many times would Sunderland win? I was closer to six, seven, and and you and I believe we were talking with Caroline a little bit, and you were y'all were more like eight, nine. Correct. Oh, sorry. Yes, you said six. You did tell me. Yeah, that. I, I was, I I was, I was at six, and I thought I was being gratuitous for for San Antonio FC. Why did you say six? Um, I think our best eleven at their best can compete with their best, their best 11. And I think that's a good transition to some more of their, more of their questions. Oh no. I want to give my answer too. <laughs> uh, yeah, do it. Then Mine's do it, yeah. nine. And I'm just floored because you're a humongous championship fan and you actually watched this. So you would know better than me, but I mean, I would say Sunderland wins nine out of 10, because if you go to their, uh, if you go to transfer market, their squad value, so their whole team, what their team is worth, 59 million euros or dollars. And SAFC's squad value is $5 million. Yes, their, I, their squad value is more than all but three MLS teams, including one of those three teams is Miami with Messi on it. Right. So but they, like, remember, remember, was it Barnsley from two seasons ago that went with the uh... – that went with the that, that made it to the playoffs that had like one thirtieth of the payroll of the team that they were playing against. Yeah. You know, like, but I understand exactly what you're saying. That is a metric to use to compare how pe- how people how p- the players are gauged. Yes, they are. They have more talented. Another thing is they're bringing twenty. I I got on their website today to check and see they're traveling with twenty six because they have three other games. I think they're playing El Paso and North Carolina or something yeah. like that. And they have a 30-player roster. I mean, to tell to, – to let since we're going to send this to them, to let them know, like, what do we travel with? 15, something like that? Like, when, when hey, we travel – Hey, no, we're deep right now. Tonight at the game, we had a full 18 with a sub in every line that I've heard of and is a good soccer player. So we are at a point right now that we are deep, but – but 20 tops in terms of quality players at most at a time. Right. And that's something to be said. There is a huge difference between what they have depth wise and what we have depth wise that I, I could, that's, that's, I put, I put it on the other end, Clayton. I think that I, my old test as a high school coach is how many of my players would start for them and how many of their players would start for me. And if that number is really big in one direction, you just say, well, we hope we can hang with this team, but we both know who the better team is. Yes, I, that's who starts but, for them. From uh, they might be interested in Rita, they might be interested in Tani, and they might be interested in uh, Tainer. And after that, they've got like a U twenty three England keeper that's worth seven million dollars. Like they could go on to be, you know, a World Cup starter. They they do. So we're we're gonna use this time also to kind of educate our listeners about about them and their players and then you know and then give them something about about our players. So obviously we mentioned there there's a question in there about who who could cause them some problems. And oh, all right. Right? I I think for us Tinyo would be the tiny Tinyo would be the the obvious answer, correct? Yeah, Tinyo Lashay, I think it is. He's our center forward. 
on loan from Minnesota United in MLS. So not only does he play for us, but he's from a bigger team. He's kind of like when uh, our man from the USA went on loan to a championship team, just getting minutes with us. And he's a he's our danger man, leading scorer, nine goals, center yeah. forward. There's a there's a question in there. I don't. Well, let remember. me ask you some. I got a bunch of questions. You ready? Okay. Keep going. Yeah. You are, you have one you want to talk about? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't remember them up well enough off the top of my head to. So. All right, I got them right in front of me. Have you ever heard of Sunderland before the friendly was organized? Yes, yes, yes. Blah blah blah. Like for, for me from the show, you know they were in the Premier League in the 2000s, right? Oh yeah, I I'll I'll let the I remember their their team that had uh that was in the Premier League that had Darren Bent and uh, and Jermaine Defoe and they finished like they finished like eighth or ninth in the Premier League. Um, they you were, named a bunch more guys from that team that I knew of. Who else yeah, was on that? They were they were stacked. Like they they yeah. had they had like Niall Quinn. They had uh oh I oh you know who they had they had my boy uh. Old from Trinidad and Tobago, they had Kenwin Jones. Remember yeah, him? Yeah, they did. Yeah, he was so good. That guy was and huge. It was it was the period before Altador ended up there. So oh, wow, there you go. Sunderland website. Of course, we know Josie Altador was our big hope as a center forward, and Sunderland basically killed his soccer career. <laughs> I don't know between I don't know between about Hull, that. I, well, what Hull, Sunderland, and wherever he went in Spain was like. The, tri- the TKO of Jersey Altidore's career, yes. but I'm I'm very familiar with Sunderland. Yes, from from when we we started getting Premier League games over here, but also because I'm a Middlesbrough supporter, and they are, um, they are they are weir side. We are T side. That the the T's weir derby is a big thing. When they when they hear this, they'll recognize that I know kind of what I'm talking about. Blah 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 blah. Well, blah. you make a big day out of that whenever they play. I know that. Yeah. So anyway, we. Um, it, Yes, we we had heard of Sunderland before. Yes, I like the way they put this question. It's very thoughtful. How long have most of your supporters been following the sport? So not you, not me, but the SAFC supporters. How long have they been following soccer? I thought that was an excellent question too, and I don't want to minimize Piss off our fans. Yeah, <laughs> but we we have quite a few casual fans i would I, I would say and like i'll put a number i'll tell me how you think about this i'd say half of the stadium grew up playing soccer follows soccer and is an active player watcher fan and the other half are not it's i would say it's much more of a family outing for us than it is what, well, what do you think of your 50 50 i mean of my 50 50 though you think, does that sound it, right to you I would even say I would even say less than that. I would go more mm. 60, 40, more 40 people are played and follow the sport and 60% are are hey, I've never done this before. Let's go check it out and and then maybe bring their families back because it's a good, you know, like well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what though. We're, I we're kind like of Michelle right now and I would say there's a lot more Michelles out there than there are Claytons. I'm going to, I'm gonna, we're not really giving the question service though, because how long, well, you know, the Michelles of the world aren't yesterday. I think for the, for the people in England, like what are the big times when America latched onto soccer, kind of the Landon Donovan goal of 2010, it Brazil 2014, like a lot of fans of the sport got into soccer as adults or through their kids, right? Like, that 60% yeah. 
might actually you might have a lot of people who are humongous soccer fans but they just started like 10 years ago because of one national team game or the women's team even yeah no those are those are all legitimate points and i i don't think any i don't think any of them are wrong you know maybe that's a third of our crowd and then the final third is just there because it's dollar beer night (laughs) yeah yeah. which is okay too because like i said They've been doing this for 130 years in Sunderland, and we're on. We we were founded in 2015. You know, so like, I mean, Rome was not built in a day, as they as they say. Yes. Okay. Next question: Do you want promotion and relegation into and out of the MLS? Um. And I, while you think about that, I just shared that news today on Twitter with our listeners. The USL is voting on possible. Uh, having a third division and having promotion relegation within the USL. So bought you a little bit of thinking time to to briefly answer the way I, I, yes, I want it. And I think, I think soccer would be better for it here in the United States, but it will, it will not happen because the MLS is set up like a pyramid scheme and, and it, it just, it just will never happen. And maybe, maybe with the USL doing it, maybe it'll make them look, look look bad and it'll it'll be successful and i hope it is and uh and that's that's the best i can hope for and that's that's what i got to say about that yeah generally every soccer fan in america wants promotion and relegation right um yeah it's just it's the owners and mls that hold it back right and and i mean i don't know how how um informed the the guys are the sunderland guys are that are going to be listening to this but like just up until a couple of years ago, there were multiple teams in MLS owned by the same ownership group, right? Like, I'm not... Well, I'm, you say that, but that was in the 2000s to, till about 2010. Well, I but mean... That's, sw- switch that to... The bigger problem is that San Diego is the latest team to pay... To enter the MLS, they're starting in a year or two. They paid $500 million. All the teams paid some amount of money. And the longer they've been in it, the, le- the more money they've lost through the bad, bad first few years. When someone pays 100, 200, 300, and now $500 million to join your club, you can't just kick them out. Well, I mean, now you can't. You can't change the rules on them, you know? Yes, that's right. That's that's why it's just not, it's just not formatted to allow it to occur. It's just not. Yeah, there's no more multiple ownership groups. And other countries have that. Mexico has multiple ownership groups. Being, and I'm being... I know it's, it's just, I, cause I always get negative when we talk about like the MLS and the way that it's formed and stuff, or I always do. And I, and I go hey, into my, I well, go into, re- you got to respect like Lamar hunt and the other guys that bled like hundreds of millions of dollars on that league. Like yeah. it ain't One- perfect. We're not humongous fans of it. We don't watch it that much, but it's, it's what we got. What And, and I'll, I'll say this. They also don't have the, the 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 fan support and the fan base you know like to uh like to support you know what i'm saying to to allow to to allow for relegation and you know no you know one would I'm, go to games in the second division just they don't have there's not 130 years of history to be like well it's my club i'm sticking with them no matter where they are and yeah yeah and just the difference whether it's right or wrong it's just the way that it is okay you're talking a lot about history that goes right into the next question do you think the USA can rival England in terms of fan culture and the history of clubs at any point in the future? 
Um, well, once again, uh, they have in most of most of these big clubs, as as they like to call them, versus well, even the little club, they have a hundred year you know head start on us. But we've talked about this in the past, like we're okay at making things uniquely our own. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think what I think what they have going on in Seattle is pretty damn cool. You know, like I think what they have going on in um, I don't know who has like in Portland. I'll stay in the Pacific Northwest with the with the chopping the tree and carving the <laughs> carving the tree up. You know, like do you, do you think what's going on in Austin's pretty cool? No, because I hate that owner so. <laughs> I won't ever That's like, like the T side, Mercy side for us, or whatever. Yeah, that and that that'll get into one of their next. Well, I like we don't have we don't have these we don't have these hundred year rivalries like they have, which promote the culture. You know what I'm saying? And 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 keep the culture going and 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 feed it. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have a. You know, for the Sunderland listeners or, or the guys that run the web, like we don't have a natural ride. We don't have a river that separates somebody that we're playing with. And it's, oh, they're, they're just as miserable because their factory shut down as we are because our factory shut down. You know what I'm saying? Like we have. Yeah, wait, wait, Clayton. Yeah, we do. We have Austin FC that you hate. Why? Well, because it's Austin. Other than the fact that they said that their tacos are better, that their tacos are better than they, ours. They stole but, our franchise. They they did. And, and that's. So, they asked. They said, "Can you tell us a little bit about San Antonio FC?" We were founded in 2016 or so by the San Antonio Spurs, buying out our old owner, the San Antonio Scorpions, which was founded in 2012 or so. That first owner built a stadium where we currently play Toyota Field. It's about 8,000 seats. It's purpose built. A shade on half of it. It's the one of the best stadiums in the league kind of the first purpose-built soccer stadium in the league, maybe. And uh, the Spurs bought them out, took that spot. They thought about going to the MLS before Austin swooped in and and used backhanded means to, to take, uh, with their devious owner, a spot in the MLS. So we are in the second division, partially because of Austin. That's why we have animosity. That's why they're all – they are our middles, bro. And that's why I think you're wrong. We, we – well, we are getting our things like that. The more and USL, I think, is the biggest thing for that because there's so many new teams that we can start new traditions. We can have more regional rivalries instead of just like the ten cookie cutter MLS teams that started out. Yeah, definitely gotten better. And there's definitely like you know there's there's ones with cool names like Southern Harm, right? Isn't that like uh like I Burm- don't know about that one, but that's awesome. Something like that, but. But you know it's 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 getting better. I I would say that, and I've mentioned this before, and I, I I'm not trying to alienate anybody. Like the the educated watcher of the game is getting better. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, Your section has gotten notice. Both of our sections have gotten noticeably better in the last five years in terms of edu- fan LA, education. Yellow cards and red cards, and for people to fight. You know, like yeah. when 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 good play on the field. You know, you get the good go- the golf clap. You know, the, the the very modest clap that oh yes, we appreciate what we're seeing and we're giving you and we're giving you. And then there's the you know when to cheer them on and when to you know there's 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 ebb and flow to the game unlike that I've seen seen in the in the in the past. And that's just over the course of three or four years, you know. So 
imagine over the next 130 how things will be will think things will go well i'm sure somewhere in the back of these people's mind on this question is messy 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 and we all know like it's getting better it's gotten better but it's not it, it's a long slow process like you keep bringing up 150 Get years you and tell you what i what i want to see at the in the game on saturday more than anything sure i want to see a linden gooch versus connor maloney like on the same side of the field matchup sunderland listeners or sunderland guys we have a player named connor maloney i have dubbed him sarge like like if he was not a soccer player he would be a sergeant in the united states military or something along those lines and he is our version of linden gooch for our listeners sunderland has a player an american player named linden gooch he has been with sunderland for like a decade now shattuck he was in the show yeah was, a long time and he was he i think he was part of their academy He's he has Amer- played in the Premier League, the Championship, and League One with them. I know that. Yes, there we go. So, like, it like, and he's an American-born kid that went over there and went went to their academy. And I think he may be part English. I don't know, but he he is he is their version of Connor Maloney, and Connor Maloney is our version of him. Just a hardworking guy that's gonna be lovable that the fa- that you want on your team, but you never want to play against. And like, I think I remember talking to those guys back when we, when we interviewed with them and they're like, Oh, we love him over here. You know, like he's got mm-hmm. like been there for a decade, you know? So be on the lookout so, for the, for the guy named Gooch people on Saturday and hope that he gets matched up with Maloney and just be a hustle off. Just nothing. but hustle. <laughs> like, So I'm, I'm guessing ahead. that's, that's your answer to the question. If you could sign one Sunderland player, who would it be? Oh, I told like I don't care. Yes, give me. They can keep the thirteen million dollar gold. Keep. They can keep Jude Bellingham's little brother. They can that's keep. Right. They can keep that Jack Clark guy. That's the most valuable. The most valuable player. You know. Um. They can keep all those. All those dudes. But I want. I want Gooch. I want me some Gooch here. Yeah, American connection. The the last question that we haven't gotten to is what's your score prediction for the game? Um. I, here's the thing. We just played tonight, right? We played Friday, and we're not going to play our start, our best starting 11 against them. Do you think we are? I think we are. I think we will start our best players like Tiny O and Rita Zuhir. I don't, I don't know if their coach knows what their best 11 is right now because obviously they've had a, a bunch of turnover. They're, like, this, is their, this is their preseason. And stuff like that. We've got one minute remaining. One minute. Their best 11 are playing our best 11. They win three to one. All right. I was going to say two to one them. And that's because they're in preseason. We're in midseason. Blah, blah, blah. Point difference. All that stuff. But welcome to San Antonio Sunderland fans. San Antonio fans will see you out at the game on Saturday. Good night, San Antonio. Hey, nothing but fun. I wish I could be there. I'll say our free kick by Trevino Tile. Adios, USA. It was a good Gold Cup run by some random players, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Hey, so uh, have, fun, have fun at the game for me. Enjoy it. I wish I could be there. I'll, I hope it's televised. I wonder if it will be. It's on Bally's. It's on Bally Sports, bro. Yeah. All right. That gives me something to look forward to this Saturday. All right. Good night, San Antonio. Good night, Sunderland.